Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. past two. Well, in fact, it's two minutes past three. That's a wonderful start of the week. Good afternoon, everyone. Great to have your company on such a beautiful summer's day. Kimbo on the Roach with you for the next two hours. Good show coming up. We're live from Studio Lumo SA, right here at number one King William Street in the city. Let's welcome the Roach. Party people! Roach, here he is. Roach, here he is. Hey, Roach, hey. Chaka laka, wolf, wolf, the big dogs in town. Hello, Roach. Hello, Kim. You're well? Not bad, not bad. Good weekend. Uh, no, it wasn't. Why? Australian cricket just went further. Well, you can't let your down life, the road. You cannot let your life be affected by sporting results. Too Rich. often we do, Kim. Yeah, you'll end up a blithering mess. Oh, what a shock. <laughs> what a shock. Oh, anyway, I was swept away this weekend. You were swept away? Well, it's a play on the way in which the Australians played. Oh, right. Well, what about that... you? People actually care about you, Rich. I, well, I know Randy does. I had a very good weekend. Caught up with a lot of people that I hadn't seen since Christmas. Have was... they been avoiding you? Or... I was away, remember? Right. Thought, better touch base. Had a nice coffee with... Well, so... who? Who? You're, you're the international man of mystery. Who'd you catch I up with? Caught up with the Halberts. And I'm, I'm pleased to say John Halberts through all his radiotherapy with the skin cancer stuff and all that sort of stuff. So he's doing very well, but it's an experience for And him. his lovely wife, Chris, who looks after lovely, all Christine. the historical exactly. aspects of the sand form. Indeed. Where, and can you, where can you go and see all that still? Well, still? actually, I was asking Chris that about that today because because uh, of COVID and all those issues locked things away, and I didn't get quite a clear answer on that one. But, yeah, they did that wonderful exhibition, mm. State Library. But, yeah, it's a good point you make because that then piques people's interest knowing that it's all there being stored, but you need to display it. So yeah, I'll ask that question again of how people can get their eyes onto all this history of SA footy again. Well, I obviously watched a little bit of sport, uh, Roach, over the weekend. That's what we do. But yes. um, I went to the Governor Hindmarsh for the first time for a long time. Ooh, a long the gov. time. The Gov. And it was Chocker Block. That's a Good music spot. Yeah, great uh, live Who music was on? venue. Uh, a cover band doing Fleetwood Mac songs. Oh, that beat down your alley, wouldn't it? It was. It was yeah. sensational. The place was uh, rocking. Bumped into uh, a former McGarry medalist, Grantly Filkey. Hadn't seen Filks for a no, long he's time. He's been in the news recently. Well, he has, through no fault of his own. No, that's uh, a horrible a rather story, though, sensitive it? issue. Yeah. It's before Still the going, courts at it? the moment. Ooh, yeah, where he was, that. Uh, he was assaulted. Don't and, touch uh, that. No, we'll stay away from that one, but we wish him and his but lovely he's good. wife he's good. all the best. Yeah, oh, it's a stressful thing. Yeah, I and, imagine uh, it is. Uh, by absolutely all reports, uh, he was not at fault. The Clintons so, weren't there, were they? Uh, uh, who? Bill. Yeah, Bill. 
Well, they used Fleetwood Mac for their great election campaigns for the presidential run, remember? Oh, no, I didn't remember that, Rich. Well, they could have been there after a few sherbets. I thought it was Stevie Nicks. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, uh, they were good. Well they were very good. All yeah. right, let's jump into it. We've got a lot to talk about. Uh, guests coming up tonight at 3.35. Obviously, we'll be across what happened in India. Bharat Sundarasan will join us. Well, he's uh, not short of time to speak with us, is he? Well, another three-day test. Saturday night, Rich, I thought we won't be on air. No, we'll be doing thing. an early show. Exactly, made the same plans myself. Cricket will be on, yep. and that all changed uh, very quickly in you about an hour and a half. Mm. Well, so we'll have a chat. session, to, and they were gone, the Aussies. Yep, we'll have a chat to Barat. We'll be going live to India. Hey, the SA Scorpions, we spoke about this uh, yes. last week. They're into the grand final against Tasmania. Well done. We'll have a chat to Madeline Penner, a uh, batsman uh, off spin. Oh, I should know that. I think she's an offie. Um, can tweak them. 425, we'll cross to the Junction Oval. Uh, can you give us an update yes. there, Roots? I'm looking at look here. panic on your face. So there. there's a lot to tell about this uh, game, Victoria-South Australia. It's Victoria second, South Australia third, uh-huh. so they're pretty well playing to get first hands onto that spot in the final. Now, first up, South Australia loses its wicketkeeper before there's a ball bowled. I know. And Harry Nielsen. And uh, Matthias has to be thrown over and gets there at the ground junction over 11.15, warms up, gets behind the stumps uh, at the first drinks break. And he's there as South Australia get rid of Victoria for 169. We take that every day. Uh, young, young Kelly was 12th man, wasn't he? He took the gloves just until, held up until yeah. the first drinks break. Oh, and South Australia currently is one for 10. One for 10. Who's out? Open it all up to do well, that. Well, that would be the way to go when you're giving a score, Roach, wouldn't it? Hey, hey. Why the captain at? out for one, Hunt out for one. So that's it. He lasted three balls and we were one for five at that stage. Uh, disappointing. A few texts coming through. Yeah. We're, we're live and interactive, Roach. The text number is 0427154166. What's the phone number? Our phone number when I go and get it on this page here, because I'm used to the app. Download the app because then it's just that's hit a button, isn't it? That's way full padding, Rooch. Well, no. Just have the number it. in front of I you. Oh, oh, I haven't look, even got it on my Rooch. screen. one 736 736 It's only been five years. Have a look. Bumfluff Benny's oh, shaking his head. What's the password? Linesy's shaking his head. I'm sorry. Well, apologies sometimes aren't good enough. I know, Rich. but my screen's not even open. I'm sorry. Well, well, why would you get in the studio and have it on all ready to go? It's one in front of you right here, Rich. Oh, of course. Yeah, <laughs> call 1300 736 736. You can send a text on, yeah. Onf, yeah, on right. 0424 154 166. Okay, shut up. Got a text coming through. You could be more polite than that. No, I can't be. Um, <laughs> got a text coming that this gentleman or lady may have changed their mind after the last 60 seconds. Uh, it says it's uh, so good that uh, the SA Sports Show is back on. Yes. Well done, guys, with a couple of thumbs up. So we appreciate that. Uh, and at 4.35, Rooch, looking forward to having a chat to Ryan Burton. Port Adelaide Defender after their trial, internal trial, Friday night. A few interesting signs. Right, that ruck question's still going, Kim. Can't lock in Scott Lysett at the moment, the way... Young Bryn Teekle's just taking on the challenge of, well, you know, pushing him out of the side. It's we good competition. We'll ask Ryan Burton, but my research yes. suggests that Scotty did quite well. Both mm. Ruckman did well. Yeah, well. That's a good sign. And young Vicentini did well yeah, as well. Yeah, he's an interesting one because okay. he's got a fair bit of grunt in him too. Uh, quick text before we get into our other news, Roach. Uh, great to hear you guys for 2023. Pumped that you're back. Just a reminder, it's coming up to 12 months since the AFL launched its investigation into Brisbane. And the dodgy extension of Danaher's contract. Oh, Mark and Tassie. Never heard a result 
it's like there's rules for some and rules for others. That's from Mark in Tassie. Mark, we'll get uh, the investigative journalist, The Rooch, onto that one. I know we touched on it. During the other thing the that's still lagging, we were promised some resolution or at least some guidelines to come forward in January. We still haven't got anywhere further with Clarkson, Fagan, Hawthorne, have we? Mm, so that sort of lingers all over very them, which quiet. is a bit disappointing. I think in some ways that will die a natural death. I think there's some good to come out of it. There has well, to be hopefully, some yeah. but then some of the people that have been making the accusations are got, prepared to go in front of other people yeah, and maybe, explain themselves. But maybe some good can come out of it to avoid right. these issues again. Mario from Maslin's Beach, he loves sending a cheeky text. Good. He has Dylan and Filky. There's two blokes who love their hair and a mirror. No, Filks wasn't one for the mirror. Had a good mullet, though, back mm, in did. the day. Um Look, we've touched on the uh, cricket. Uh, we'll talk to Barat about that in about 20 minutes' time. Is it the batting? Is it the bowling? Is it the selectors? Is it the coaching? Is it all of the above? Well, there's a fair bit on, on every one of those boxes. You can tick every one of them, surely, yeah. all of the above. Let's get into the other big issue oh, yes. over the weekend, and that is uh, Collingwood's Jack Ginnivan. Your thoughts and an update on that, Rooch? Well, Jack Ginnivan's returned to training at Collingwood, where he's, again, stated that he's remorseful and wishes that he hadn't made the mistake he did and he's got to earn back the trust and respect of his teammates. Just explain what he did. So we know that Collingwood had a, what would you call a training? Three-day training camp. uh, Just before Australia Day. Yep. And on the break, he was at the Torquay Hotel with a few of his teammates who he has now said they have nothing to do with it. So I'm glad he's cleared them off. And he was with some of his friends. Yeah. Classified as civilians, it was. Civilians. One, one report, civilians. <laughs> civilians, okay. <laughs> so the, the classic theme of drinking leads to bad decisions mm. continues here, whereby then he has, and there's a few questions still that haven't been answered as to, well, he, he takes possession of a white powder, which has been identified by one television network to stress that it is not cocaine, that it was ketamine, that is... Something you apparently, not that I know of these things, Kim, you crush up and you, I should say snort then, shouldn't Mm. I? Um, And you look it up on uh, websites to learn what we're dealing with here. It's the usual thing about getting a high Mm. and that has considerable risk. That's why we say there is an illicit drug policy. Now, the issue here is that while Ginevan is in a toilet in a cubicle, someone has decided to film him over a wall, which is... Yes, an invasion of privacy, but it gets even deeper because then they try to sell that film to some television networks in Melbourne. So you, you wonder where the police are going to get involved in this mm-hmm. eventually, don't they? Well, Seven wouldn't run it, but they still managed to break the story. Now, did they so not run it. it because it had elements of doubters, the quality of the film, the greatness, what they were actually doing? Or if it had been a clear cut, well, we can see everything, would they run it then? That's the interesting question. I, I, I think not. I think your first comment, it was all of the above. Mm. Uh, the quality of the film wasn't great. Nope. Uh, it didn't definitive, Left a fair did bit not of doubt. Definitively, yep. you could not definitively see that it was him, even though he has owned it and yep. said it's him. You know, I don't think there's any question that it wasn't. But there's also the question of privacy and the fact mm. that he didn't agree to being filmed and someone putting a camera over mm. the top of a toilet is not the dumb thing. No. So it's an invasion of privacy uh, there as well. So Let's we have, have, seven, uh, so have seven and uh, Collingwood reaching an agreement whereby then Jack Gittiman on Saturday night at 6pm becomes part of their exclusive package on 7 and now we get all the debate about drug policies, 
Yeah, we've been here so often, haven't we, Kim? Look, we know people are going to make mistakes. We know AFL players are more educated than most of that age group. And we're going to debate for a long, long time. Probably never come up with a right answer, but the drug policy the AFL has with the Players Association of privacy... Because remember, Gittman here has not been banned for breaching the drug policy. He's been banned for bringing the game into disrepute. disrepute, The difference there... So mm. he has to miss four games. There'll yep. be two trials and then two home and away Which games. Which includes this is, one against Port Adelaide. Yeah, this is Jack Ginnivan uh, about being remorseful and sorry. Yeah, just utterly disappointed in myself. Um, feel like I've let 44 of my best mates down. Um, the club, 100,000 people. So for me, I'm so remorseful and I'm so sorry for that. He also went on, or was asked the question, did he think about the consequences? Uh, no, not at that time. Uh, now I reflect, I do. Um, but yeah, when I walked into the bathroom, I didn't think someone would be videoing me. Um, it's obviously a private place, and um, I know that I can imagine anyone else getting videoed in a bathroom and feel pretty uncomfortable. Uh, he's had plenty of time to be well-schooled as to his answers, and he handled the press conference fairly well, but uh, all those questions were put on a plate. I believe, because that was part and of the, the deal one that, with Seven. The one that doesn't, doesn't get answered in that interview with Nick McCullum on Seven was first time. Yeah, he danced Dodged ar- that one, didn't he? He, he dan- danced around that one. He mm. said he wanted to concentrate on the mm. now. We need to go to a break. Uh, when we come back from the break, though, Rooch, we'll hear from uh, Jack again about when he had to tell the coach. That would not be an easy phone conversation to have. It's not 3- at all. 14. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. 3.20 on a glorious Monday afternoon. Kimbo and The Roots with you. Love to hear from you. What did you get up to on the weekend? What caught your eye in regards to sport? one 736 736 That number again, Roach. No, don't do it. one 736 736 oh. Or download the app and it's a finger. Yep. Away from calling us. Beautifully done. All right, let's just get back into Jack Ginnivan. Yeah, We've got let's a lot do to get that. Serious stuff, yeah. Um, this is Jack Ginnivan uh, when he had to tell the coach, Craig McRae. Yes, um, yeah, it was a struggle to get my words out. Um, he's put so much trust in me in the last year. Um, he's always had my back in the media, anywhere. Um, so to, yeah, hurt him like that is going to be a challenge to overcome, but I know he loves me um, and I love him and we're going to hopefully move past it. A lot of love there. A few texts coming through as well. Has to give Ginnivan some credit. At least he owned it and didn't pull the mental illness card, mm. which many others have Indeed. done. And Indeed. there's some truth in that. Last one on this, but you can have your say. Graham Wright, the general manager of football. This is the timeline on how it all played out regarding Jack. Uh, yeah, so we, we found out Thursday night. We spoke to Jack Thursday night um, into Friday. We're obviously dealing with a, a lot of people here at the club. Um, Jack fronted the, the leadership group, myself and, and Craig McRae on Friday uh, afternoon. Um, and as I said, owned his behaviour. Um, and then obviously we're dealing with the AFL around from an integrity perspective. So they've been heavily involved um, with uh, Andrew Dillon and the guys, uh, Tony Keane at the AFL. Um, and, and obviously the Players Association as well. So overall, we've we felt like we... We covered everything, but, um, yeah, disappointing to be in this situation. 
Alrighty, you're welcome to have your say. 0427154166. We're going to move on to other matters now. This one has shocked me. It's come out today. Yes. I can only call it an AFLW recruiting bombshell route. I'm not sure if I'm totally comfortable. I understand why they're doing it. So you understand because what we've seen with the competition, the AFLW expanding the 18 teams, there are clear divisions that we know there are about five teams, and we've noticed the top six has pretty well stayed the same for two yep. consecutive years. We know Adelaide, Brisbane, and Melbourne have built extraordinarily good programs. Now, strangely enough, they're going to be penalised for that because what the AFL has done with the Players Association has said that ability for Sydney, Essendon, Hawthorne, Port Adelaide, the four newest entries mm. last year to go in and just raid players for their inaugural squads will continue. They get a second go at it. So they can go uh, and virtually just knock on the door and say, Kim Dillon, we want you at our footy club. We can get you a free agency pass to us. And Even if you're contracted. Exactly. Let's just throw so names Exactly out what there. happened. Well, remember Most. Port was trying to get Marinoff. Kilda was trying to get Marinoff. They could have just picked them off as new entry teams. Here we go. They get a second chance to do that. The other benefit for Port Adelaide in these new rules is they get to add two extra players to their list. So they're going to have greater depth for another year. Mm. Sydney gets to add three. And Sydney's probably the most interesting one whereby they've given them every opportunity to go and raid the competition to put some experienced talent into a squad that really was well below AFLW standard last year. So I would dare say that Craig Starsevich up in Brisbane is going to be tearing his hair out again. How much is he going to be rated? Um, the point at Adelaide's interesting. You remember when we spoke to Phil Harper about it, he said, well, you back your program in and realise that some players who did leave found out the, green is not, the grass is not always greener mm. on the other side of the fence. So this is the test. How will the programs keep their players or much the lure of being a top-tier player at another club, particularly when, as you've noticed, you're in the Tier 1, you can earn $71,935. And money does talk in the end. Yeah, for 10 weeks' work it was. Yep. Uh, so it will be interesting uh, to see look, how Port Adelaide go about raiding some opposition teams again. Well, not just Port, uh, all the clubs that are in a position to do that. Uh, but I think it's too much. It's too severe. You know, up to five players. It doesn't mean that they'll lose five players. No. I can't imagine that would happen. But up to five players would just decimate a top four club if your better players were to go. But that's the intent, isn't it? Shake it all up. Doesn't make it, it out. Doesn't oh, make agree, it right. Yeah. We need to go to a break, Roochie Rooch. Uh, text, quick one here. Welcome back, lads. Watch the Port Adelaide trial and feel they are no closer to finding another tall defender. Can you ask Ryan Burton? That's Ricky G from Cairns. We'll pose the question. Uh, Ryan Burton will join us at 4.30. This is Kimbo and the Rooch. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. On the doorstep of 3.30, that means the news is only seconds away. I've always said, Rooch, you travelled to the beat of a different drum. Uh, Good song that was, Stone Ponies, Mm -hmm. I think. Can you tell me whether the third test between Australia and India will go into the third day? No. Because if it does... I can then book my COVID booster shot because well, we won't be on air when I've got an availability. Or you've, you've just vindicated what I was saying because that's <laughs> what I was about to bring up. You are a weird unit 
I'm you found being out responsible. The, you found out during the ad break, I said about you can now get your fifth booster shot. Yeah. I've never seen a man so happy. You want to keep up to date. Well, you and I have been very, very fortunate, Ken. Yes, we have not had to. And go. I want to stay on the right side of that mm. line. I'm only at the three jabs. Well, I'm going for the fifth. Going for the fifth. Yeah. And a few of our compadres in here, they're running on two, but they've both had COVID. Funny that. Anyway, you're allowed to do it if you haven't had a, uh, if you haven't had the jab for, if it's been at least six months. Oh, yeah, I'm in there. Yeah. You'll see it all again on the news. It was right. announced uh, this morning. Hey, just quickly a text here before we go to the news route. Simon from Noosa. G'day, Simon, and Happy New Year. Uh, welcome back, guys. Good to have you back on the airwaves. When I hear your voices, I know footy isn't too far away. And it's not that far, is it, Roach? Three weeks. No. As for Jack Ginnivan, his, inverted commas, privacy issue, when you're a public figure in a public place and you walk into a toilet cubicle with another male, I'm not sure if that was oh. the case. I'm really? Not sure. well, I'm not sure if that was the case. Uh, it may have been. I don't know. Uh, I think you've sacrificed your right to privacy. If you want to be on the big money, take responsibility for yourself and act appropriately. He says he's sorry he did it. I think a more truthful assessment would be he's sorry he got caught. Ooh. That's from Simon. I'm sure a lot of people feel that way as well. Yeah, Rich. but the privacy? Just because you're Jack Ginnaman, just because you play AFL footy, just because you're earning 200000 plus, what you have... If privacy forfeited, you go into a toilet. No, I don't think you do. But no. if, in fact, there were another bloke in there, it, it's probably fairly obvious they were doing some activity they shouldn't have been doing. Mm, okay. Uh, but then again, the There's person that took the video, the person took the video, what type of person is he? Or uh, she? Or she. No, I don't think a she would be walking in the men's toilet. You never know, Roach, though. Yeah, but not. Are you sure you? You can't guarantee anything anymore, Kim. Oh, can open worms everywhere. Yes. Uh, let's go to the news. <laughs> <laughs> Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Just after 3.30, this is The Run Home with Kimbo on the Roach. We're live from Studio Lumo SA. Roach, it's We shouldn't say, be live. We should have been on and done with. We should be lying back at home watching a test match, Kim. Well, when's the last time we saw a five-day test match, Roach? It's been a total disaster, the Australian a tour wreck. of India. It's been a disgrace, some would say. Oh, that are now more you're qualified. getting volatile. No, I'm just quoting others <laughs> that are more qualified, like Alan Border. He's back to Captain Ooh. Grumpy again. Uh, let's head over to India, though, and get a more uh, forensic look at what went wrong because not much went right as we welcome the cricket guru himself. The voice of cricket he's become, Roach, Bharat Sundarasan, is live in India. Bharat, thanks for your time. Uh, thanks for having me, guys, and you're right. Uh, I've got to sleep in this morning. Uh, <laughs> not that I was looking forward to it. Uh, it. It was shaping up to be such a mm, yes. brilliant test match. Even when Jared and I got to the ground yesterday morning, we thought, ooh, are we in for a classic? And then 90 minutes later, it was all over. Oh, it's staggering. Uh, the words total disaster, I think it's accurate, isn't it? Uh, I mean, I, I'm not someone who uses uh, the word disaster with, with, with sport, uh, uh, but if ever, this, this is pretty close to it, you, you would assume, yeah. uh, because... Australia put all the plans and all the preparations into place leading into this tour. Uh, and they've been talking about winning in India for a long, mm. long time, many years before they got here. Uh, and to then, um, basically twice in two weeks, 
uh, be bowled out uh, more or less in one session. Uh, it doesn't make for good reading, and, uh, and it is concerning. Like I mean, where to next? Right? Like they had, uh, they went all defensive last week. Uh, they went all aggressive mm-hmm. this week, and mm-hmm. neither has worked out. And uh, yeah, I mean, even some of the speaking to some of the Indian players, they're a little bit amused about how quickly these two test matches are finished. Yeah, three days for uh, both of them. When I say disaster, I say in a sporting context, yes. Rich. Now, Barat, talk about plans. Who put sweep shots and reverse sweep shots in the Australian batting book? <laughs> Who is responsible for that disaster? Uh, well, good question. Uh, I, I guess like each individual will have to take it upon uh, himself uh, because there are some guys in this batting lineup, as we know, who are very comfortable playing the sweep shot. I mean, Kwaja at the top, Manus and Alex Carey, but a lot of others, including Steve Smith, just didn't look uh, like they, uh, they were in control of what they were doing. And it was pretty... It made for pretty tragic viewing to be uh, honest, and, uh, especially those 15, 20 minutes and all those wickets mm. fell. Um, and, and yeah, I, I couldn't get my head around it. I mean, Steve Smith scored so many runs in India in the past, uh, not playing the sweep shot, and why he would have chose that shot at that exactly. point against um, a, a spinner who's probably the hardest to sweep, which is Ashwin, because he varies his length so much. Um, uh, we will never know. Uh, maybe we will. Steve Smith might talk about it someday. Uh, but yeah, I mean, even some of the others, even Alex Carey, as much as I love him, uh, it was just terrible execution of the reverse sweep, unfortunately. And uh, yeah, I mean, and the result is in front of us. But Barad, I read a number of qualified reports where it was decided or was said that it was a lack of discipline because you don't see the Indian players playing the sweep shot and because of the variable bounce, it just made it such a high-risk proposition, yet we persevered and we failed. Uh, no, absolutely right. Uh, and I think it's also fair to um, not directly compare Australian batters against Spain to Indian batters against Spain. I mean, they've grown up on these pitches, the mm. Indians, uh, and they have a different skill set. Uh, I'm not saying it's a better skill set, but uh, they have more supple wrists. They have uh, the ability to jump out of the crease and manipulate the field, like we saw even yesterday, the likes of Kohli and Pujara and even young K.S. Bharat towards the end. Uh, I think where Australia probably got it wrong is when Travis Head scored those quick runs on the second evening, mm-hmm. and he generally does it in his own way, doesn't he? Maybe the rest of the batting lineup thought that's the only way to go about it. Uh, because I thought Peter Hanscom had shown them the way in the first inning. Mm. I thought he played a beautiful inning. Uh, Osman Khawaja played a lot of shots, yes, and it came off. But I thought Peter Hanscom had provided a perfect blueprint for the rest of the Aussies to uh, know how to bat in these conditions and still be able to score runs. Uh, but unfortunately, once they went in there, uh, they just flew through that blueprint out of the window and uh, decided to play shots that were unnatural to them. Uh, and like I said, uh, it didn't take too long for Ashwin and Puja, Ashwin and Jadeja to clean them up. Barat, the breaking news of the afternoon is that Australia's captain, Pat Cummins, is returning to Sydney for personal reasons and will be there for the third test. What does that do for the preparations of this Australian team when they need their leader actually taking care of the damage that was done in Delhi? Oh, I mean, firstly, talking players with the Cummins family, uh, from what we hear, it's, it's an illness to the family, and he's uh, going back for that. Uh, and I, I think anyway, uh, Australia would have taken a break for a few days mm-hmm. uh, from training because there was a long gap between the second and third test, as you know, a week-long gap, which is now nearly 10 days as a result of this test finishing in uh, three days. Uh, so, uh, I mean, I think overall for the Australian team, it's a good idea to just take take a break from cricket because after Nagpur, 
they were right there, back in there, trying to figure out uh, new ways of tackling spin. And I don't know whether uh, that helped or not. Uh, on day five, or what should have been day five of the first test, they were having a center wicket practice session, as we know, in Nagpur. And some of them, uh, I'm not sure, didn't look very good against the spin that they were facing that day either. So uh, I think it's a good idea to just take a complete break. Uh, and look, we also have to manage our expectations. I mean, I was one of those who felt that this would be Australia's best chance to win here. But India have lost only 13 matches in the last 23 years at home in this millennium. So it's not very easy to win here. So, and what Australia can, despite the disastrous nature of the two defeats, uh, there are more positives than what you would generally expect from a visiting team who've been beaten so badly. With Todd Murphy is one of them, right on top. Travis Head has shown signs that, look, maybe opening the batting in these conditions could be the way out for him. Uh, and if they can build on that for the next two tests, even if they don't win both two, uh, both of those two tests, who knows, maybe they'll set themselves nicely mm. for whenever they come back here uh, in four or five years' time. Very true. You just were, used the word disastrous then too. Just thought I'd pick you up on that. All right. All right, eh? <laughs> we miss nothing. Uh, nor does former Australian captain Ian Chappell. Everyone's having a crack at the Australian players, but he has the selectors firmly in their sights. I quote, he said, "If you, because he, he says they panicked. And I quote, Ian Chappell says, if you want to look at panic, the dropping of head and playing Renshaw, saying he's a good player of spin bowling, and then you go and bat him in the middle order. You come into the second test with one quick only. You fly Kuhneman over from Australia, and you play him ahead of Agar, who bowls the same sort of stuff and was in the original squad. Now, you telling me that that is not panic by the selectors. Have the selectors got a bit to answer for? Uh, no, I think everybody has a lot to answer, the coaching staff, the selectors, uh, the players themselves. Uh, because what we saw last morning was just uh, a deep uh, example of panic. Uh, we saw it in Nagpur as well in the second innings when Australia just uh, surrendered to the Indian spinners by just not leaving their crease. Uh, yesterday was another type of panic. Uh, and, mm. and you're right. I mean, the selectors do definitely have a lot to answer for because you brought... Uh, a squad where, what, Cam Green is injured, mm. Josh Hazelwood is injured, Mitchell Stark is injured. You didn't know whether, I mean, you clearly brought them here uh, more in terms of hoping that they would be fit for the first, the second, the third test, uh, which doesn't help when they are some of your key players. Uh, and as a result, they've had to, and of course, the David Warner injury doesn't help, uh, which they were no control of. Uh, but it, it just means that, uh, like Hasha Bogle has said a lot of times on commentary, you have a lot of unselectable players. Uh, so even though your squad strength might say 16, 17, you basically reduced it to 13 or 14. Uh, and that never helps. And as you uh, noticed with Matthew Kuhneman just flying in and playing the debut, he made a fair debut, you, you assume. But uh, it doesn't help. I mean, it does, it does uh, reek of panic in some sense. Uh, so, yeah, look, again, I, like I said earlier, think of some of the Indian players, some of the senior Indian players, they almost feel like, Australia are running us close, but then I don't know what happens in that one or two mad sessions where mm. they just lose the plot, as we've seen now twice in the second innings. Well, well here's the key point, Barat. I, I accept you look at the numbers and you would say playing India in India is one of the greatest challenges in Test cricket today. But the point we can't ignore is there's losing and a bewildering way in which the Australians lose. And I note by going online and reading the Indian papers at the moment that great impression left is this Australian team doesn't have any fight in it and dare say it hasn't had fight in it since Justin Langer left it. Uh, 
uh, I mean, that that is a very harsh uh, uh, way of looking at it. And I know it comes from a lot of uh, parts of Australia. I, I don't think it, it's a question of like hardness or softness, uh, uh, if, if I can say that. It, it, it's more a question of just uh, accepting how difficult this, this challenge is. And, and look, I've seen it happen to so many teams. All these uh, best laid plans uh, come to naught once the reality check of playing test cricket in India hits you in the face. And uh, uh, that's, I think, what has happened uh, to Australia. And they've not really reacted well. Yes, that, that, that's true. I mean, it's in front of us, the facts. Uh, so, look, like I said, uh, they still have two more test matches. Uh, I, I'm not saying Australia will definitely come back and level the series. It doesn't look very likely at the moment. Uh, but they can definitely look themselves in the mirror and say, uh, you know, we've really not, we really not put on a show yet uh, in the series. And it, this uh, defeat would have hurt a lot more. So it's very rarely do you get a chance to run the game in India, like they did for large portions of the game. Uh, they could have scored more runs in the first innings. They sh- should have bowled out India cheaper and got a bigger first innings lead. Neither happened. And uh, then you have the, one of those crazy sessions like we've seen in Mahpur and Delhi. And it's, all, it's game over from there. Well, a lot of Australians are frustrated. The texts are coming through. It says, Australian sweep shots. We've been playing in India for over 100 years and we still haven't worked out that the wickets in India have an inconsistent bounce. That's from Simon in Noosa. Hey, Brett, we always appreciate you jumping on the line. We know how busy you normally are over there, but we'll let you go back to the poolside and the and the uh, margaritas. <laughs> ah, cheers, guys. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> Enjoy. There he is, Spirat Sundarasan. And, uh, yeah, we'd like to see a five-day test. And it did look like it was going to be a classic. We, just like Barat and Jared Waitley, thought Sunday was going to be what, what sort of lead Australia brings in. We were thinking we were coming in for a noon show on Monday. Mm. And then in one session, Kim, one session, Australia loses, what, nine wickets for about 58 runs and it's done with. Yeah, ridiculous. All right, coming up on the show, we're going to be more cricket with Madeline Penner. The Scorpions are through to the grand final, taking on Tasmania. We'll find out what's happening at the Junction Oval in Melbourne. We'll go to a man man that's a member of a special club, uh, Roach, the one test only club. Bryce McGain will join us. And Ryan Burton at 4.30. Looking forward to having a chat to him to find out what was good and what was bad about Friday night's internal. This is Kimbo on the Roach. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roach. Good chat with Barat then in India. A few texts coming through. Carbon Free Cummins has brought the softest oh. edge to this cricket side. Oh, I recognise that There's number. There's a nickname that sticks, yes, doesn't it? Yes, yes. So oh, we've had the similar text yeah. from that same uh, gentleman yeah. or, or lady. Yeah. Um, another text <laughs> coming through from Mario. Uh, Barat, will Australia be better off in the third test when we play India at indoor cricket? Oh. It would possibly be a more boom, even, boom. even playing field. Boom, boom. And you get spin on a hard deck indoors? Not a lot. Mm. You get consistent bounce, bounce, though, I think. There we go. Waving to the lady out there, Reach. Someone in your fan club. Thank now, you. what have I got to do with this? Imagine if you had a mobile phone in Dylan's heyday, Eric the Eel. Come oh, on, Eric. What's that suggesting, Kim? I have no idea what. Are you a playboy around town, were you? No, Reach, you know that. That'd 
damn good time. Like. Okay. <laughs> um, what have we got here? Steph has sent this through. Uh, boys, there is no privacy when you are committing an illegal act. This is going back to Ginevan. Uh, toilet or not, get with the picture. Why is he not being charged if he has confessed his guilt? Uh, well, we'd need a lawyer to answer that one. Uh, uh, what's the deal there? No. Uh, uh, we, we do live in a world of maybe double standards, though. No, hang on. Hang well, on. We have, we've had rock stars getting into illegal no, substances for years, Rooch, and, we, and yeah. we hero worship them. And when it's an athlete, it's all of a sudden that they're meant to be the most exemplary role models in the world. Oh, I, I'm need, not condoning what he did. I need someone who is in Victoria, and we do have a listener who is a QC, which now becomes a KC, doesn't it, with King Charles? It's a KC oh, now. Right. He listens to us. He'd be able to tell me if ketamine would be an illegal act. It is an illicit drug which gets you in trouble with the AFL drug policy does it get you into trouble with the law in Victoria though? I, I can't answer no, that I can't Rich. either. I think there's a bigger cautionary tale here and Nathan Buckley may have touched on it this morning um, if you want to be a professional footballer yes, you give yourself you. every chance. Now I'm not going to get into the pros and the cons of you know having 10 beers which is legal as opposed to having some substance which won't affect your skin folds, and that's one of the reasons a lot of the athletes do it. Correct. It's it's still a legal substance. You're still going to get in trouble if you're caught by the your governing body, whichever sport it may be. Mm. But the big story is you don't know categorically what you're taking, and that was proven by Josh Thomas and Lockie Keefe. Correct. They thought they were taking cocaine. And it was and, laced. And it had another chemical in it, which was prohibited by ASADA, and there goes your football career, basically. Correct. So that's what people need to really, really think about. Let's just quickly go back to the cricket, though. I just wanted to hear from a few former Australian captains about how Australia's going. Now, this is a very quick uh, grab from Alan Border. Quick? Yeah, very quick. Let's have a listen. He's angry. Oh, look, I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm sure shocked. Angry. <laughs> Captain Grumpy's back. That's it. Uh, here he is on the uh, Aussie batting method panicky, frenetic sort of batting. I mean, no one sort of got in there and tried to sort of stem the flow with just some good defensive cricket. You know, they were all just getting out, playing sweep shots, reverse sweeps, playing shots to just about every ball. And you just can't get away with that on that sort of track. You've got to have a method, you know, where you're playing within your limitations really grossly. You're not playing on a flat belter Hmm. where you can expand your game. And I reckon that's... got a good point. Yeah, well, he valued his wicket. Yeah. You had You're to really work hard to get it, a la Steve Waugh. And well, I, well, where's the red flag that says, guys, we've just got to nail this for a little while. Just I, I blame upset the selectors, the Roach. Indian bowlers. They created the uncertainty and the yeah. panic that has followed. Gotcha. Let's hear from, uh, talking of panic and uncertainty, Michael Clark. He's made the headlines lately, but uh, he is an Australian captain, former. This is him on his show. I've got to say, I'm not sure what happened with our tactics either. We had 100 runs on the board. At one stage, Paddy Cummins had four blokes on the boundary. Like, there's two and a half days left in the test match. You're either bowling India out for under 100 or you're losing. One or the other. Mm. If you lose in 20 overs or you lose in two days, it's irrelevant. Mm. So, fielders get up, bat pad offside, bat pad leg side, slip. If, if the ball turns, if the ball bounces, if the ball shoots along the ground, if you make an error in judgment, you were getting out. That's what Australia had to do with the ball. With, I know it's only a tiny run lead, but we had to still try and win the game. We had four mid-off back, mid-on back, deep point, deep square leg. What, what was I watching? 
<laughs> we were all asking that. Yeah, yeah, what seen, are we watching? The sooner Travis Head is captain of the Australian team, the better it will be. Roach, let's go to our good friend and your best mate now, Ange, the original Ange from Croydon. G'day, Ange. Ange. Mm, hello, Ange. Have we lost Ange? He's there, I think, but something's gone wrong with his phone. He's dropped out, but he's going to try and get him back. We'll try right. and get him on after uh, four. He dropped out there. Um, or got bored with us. Both would be fair enough, I reckon, Rich. He might um, be there now, Kim. Have we got him? Ange, are you there? Hello, Ange. The original Ange. I'll read some text. Okay. Uh, this is from Chopsy from Cheltenham. The only good thing about this test series is George Bailey will get the sack. Oh, I'm not sure it'll happen that quickly. Okay. Uh, another one, Roach. This is you saying you're going to get your fifth jab. Yes. Um, this is uh, this is Ethel as well. Says hello, Ethel. Roachy can't even remember one phone number. That's our own number. No <laughs> way am I getting another jab. See, they think that's had an impact on you. No, that was happening well before COVID existed. Yeah, because he's bloody Ethel. disorganised, Ethel. Oh, it was long before COVID arrived that that happened. Yeah, Chris from Wall Bay, beautiful part of the world. Um, Caught a couple of nice, quite a few nice squid over there on the holidays, Roach. Says, G'day, fellas. If Ken fails this year, does Koshy go too? No, that ever happens. When have you seen a club president walk with, oh, no, Eddie didn't, did he? No, Eddie's was a little bit more complicated than that. Hmm. No, that won't. I don't think that will happen. All right. Is there another I one know there are, I know there are a few. Premiership coaches like Michael Malthouse always makes that point that Gotta if go to the news. coach is sacked, the you, board should go with it. Well, what have you done to Ethel Roach? Uh, Richie is so incompetent and devoid of skill <laughs> that he should be playing Test cricket for Australia. <laughs> Ethel from like Everton. Like that one. And you broke that news on the AFLW, the fact that now it's open to slather on the four clubs to have about five players poached. There's a text that's come through with no name. What a joke this women's league is. No. I think it's a little harsh. I know they're after equality. It's a minute past four. Roach, on the other side of the break, we're going to talk to someone from the SA Scorpions franchise. in the final. They're into the grand final taking on Tasmania. And Madeline Penner will join us shortly. Great. Live across SEN... You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. Three minutes past four on a Monday afternoon. Appreciate your company. We are live from Studio Lumo SA. Just a reminder, we'll be heading over to the Junction Oval at around 4.25 for a score update there. But I can tell you at the moment, the Redbacks are two for 32. Chasing what, Roots? 169, was it? In the first innings, it's an important Shield game. Coming up on the show, Ryan Burton will join us at 4.30. Looking forward to having a chat to Riser. Right now, though, Rich, just a quick text here. We were going to have a chat to Ange, one of our regulars. What happened there? Well, I think when I said uh, our good friend Ange and your new best friend, this text says Ange fainted when he heard that Ruchi was his friend. Could be some truth in that. How good were the Scorpions? Well, they're into a grand final. We're having a flag frenzy at the moment, aren't we? Possibility of winning this one's more got titles. Great optimism around it. Yeah, South Australia defeated Queensland. We set a reasonable target, 224 yep. on the weekend. We did it with five balls to spare. So we now play Tasmania. Play Tasmania at the Bluntstone Arena. No uh, fear there. They've done this before. Saturday. Let's go to one of the stars of the Scorpions. Madeline Penner joins us now. Hello, Maddie. Hey guys, how are you going? Not bad. Uh, how was that for you on the weekend? 
Oh, look, very, very nerve-wracking, but um, <laughs> obviously very nice to get the win. So 224, a reasonable target, as yeah. I mentioned. Oh, are you still there? Hello. Oh, oh yes, we've got you. We've got you. You dropped Oh, there out. we go. Got you. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was just saying, they set you a reasonable total of 224 to chase down. How did you feel about the target? Um, originally coming off at the innings break, we, we thought they kind of were underdone a little bit, to be fair, yeah. um, especially on, on Karen Rolton being mm. a quick outfield. Um, so, yeah, we, we definitely had a lot of, a lot of faith in, in our batting order and um, that we would chase that down. It did obviously get quite tight towards the end. But, um, yeah, lucky enough, we, have, we pretty much bat down to, to 9 or 10 anyway. So we got the job done. So to the final against Tasmania, and you have a good record against the Taswegians this year. How's the confidence levels for the final? Well, they haven't. They lost twice to Tassie. No, I thought they beat them no, twice. No, you lost twice, didn't you? Man? No. Yeah, I lost twice, unfortunately. I thought you beat them. <laughs> No, unfortunately, we um. Yeah, oh, well, we lost here's quite, a moment of uh, revenge at the right time. Yeah, exactly right. We were just making sure that they they stayed on their toes. No, um, <laughs> but no, um, we took a lot of learnings from those games um, in Tassie, and we obviously played at Bloodstone, so we we know the ground fairly well. And um, yeah, there's a lot of fight. Um, I wasn't involved, but the, a lot of the girls were involved in a, in a final against Tassie last year and they, yep. they fell short. So I think there's a lot of fight in the group to, I guess, yeah, one-up them this year. So you play on Saturday. What's the preparation look like for the rest of the week? Um, so we had today off, um, luckily, because I think we're all a little bit sore after the, after the weekend. Um, we got uh, training Tuesday, Wednesday, and then we're going to fly to Tassie Thursday, Thursday Arvo, because there's... Not many flights to Tassie, unfortunately. So there's a long, long stopover in Melbourne. I think there's a three or four hour stopover. So, um, yeah, we just thought we'd get over there a bit earlier. Um, and then we'll probably have a bit of a run around on Friday. And, yeah, the game's a bit of a day-nighter on, on Saturday. So we'll have the morning off Saturday morning and, yeah, crack, crack into it on Saturday. So, Maddie, how are you travelling yourself personally with the right-arm leggies and, and your batting? Yeah, look, not too bad. Um it's obviously nice when you score runs and, and you contribute to a win. But, um, yeah, look, hopefully, hopefully it's nice when I don't have to do much and we, and we, we <laughs> smash them. That would be really nice. <laughs> so stand, any, stand in the field and clap. Any injuries or are you expecting any changes to the lineup for Saturday? Um, I don't think so. I think we'll go into Saturday's game with, with the same team we played um, over the weekend. Um there's a few niggles around. Obviously, it's a lot, been a long season um, mm. for a lot of the girls. Um, but like I said, there's there's one game to go. So I think after that game's done, we, we get a few weeks off. So, um, yeah, I think there'll be a lot of girls that are just kind of kind of pushing through. So how many players are left from that final last year in the South Australian squad? Um, well, there's only three new girls, um, including yep. me. So pretty much the whole the whole squad. Now, you have a bit of a history of knee problems with the problems you had as a young girl. How, how are your knees now? And explain what you actually had, what you were diagnosed with when you were nine. Um, I had osteochondritis dissecans, a um, bit of a tongue twist to that one. Yeah. Um, so I had that, yeah, when I was nine and went in for an operation when I was nine um, with the hope that they were going to pull that, that bone growth out. So it kind of sits between the kneecap and it, just kind of it's a bit of extra bone that grows it serves no purpose whatsoever but gets in the way sort of thing um and then yeah unfortunately 
um, played and trained through that for about 10 years and then had another off um, in 2018 um, where I had screws put in it. Um, yeah, I had like six months rehab um, on that. And then after my first year with the Stars for Big Bash, I hyperextended my knee and the screws oh, kind of nice. broke off in my knee. So they were floating oh. around. Um, so I had to go oh. in and get get them cleaned out. Um, but unfortunately, I had scans just after the Big Bash this year and I have it in my right knee now. Um, so that's I've been carrying that through the season um, and surprisingly got through all 12 games, um, but yeah, waiting to get an off on the, on the 6th of March. So basically trying to get through one more and, and then, yeah, get another, another off on the, on the opposite knee. Um, going to be my sixth overall operation. Um, but yeah, it's, it's holding up just, but hopefully, yeah, I can get through on Saturday. Oh, Mads, you're only 22. So what's the prognosis once you have the next operation? Is this going to be ongoing? Um, hopefully not. I'm hoping, um, that this one doesn't seem to be as bad as the other one. So it's like just kind of growing and you can kind of go in and just, um, rip it out and it'll be six weeks rehab rather than six months, um, which will be ideal. Um, but yeah, um, hopefully I said after my shoulder, um, last year that that was going to be my last stop, but, but Unfortunately, um, I'm gonna have to get have another one, but I'm hoping, oh, yeah, after yeah. this one, I've run out of body parts to get operated on. So <laughs> that's what I'm that's what I'm hoping will get me through. Well, sport can be cruel at times, and in the nicest possible way. Do they have to protect you in the field a little bit with these niggles that you have, <laughs> and these problems, or not? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I tend to stay mid wicket when I know I have cow and and deep long on um, behind me, so I don't have to do much much running of. Or chasing the ball, so I just throw myself around in the in the inner ring. Um, oh. um, yeah, oh, so it's, it's not ideal. Mads, we'll be watching with uh, great interest. Congratulations on getting to the grand final. One hurdle to get over. That's Tasmania. It gets underway on Saturday afternoon at Blundstone Arena. We'll be watching with great interest, and hopefully we can chat to you maybe next week uh, in a victorious frame of mind. Yes. Hopefully. Good on you, Madeline. All the very best to you and the girls. So we've got the Scorpions reach. They're putting the silverware final. into yeah. the Sackers trophy cabinets, aren't they? And the Redbacks will cross to the Junction Oval shortly. We mm. made uh, we got them out for 168 or 69. 169, 169, 169 Victoria. Yes. All right, Sorry, you got an, an you got an update before we go to the break. Try and I'll read, refresh. I'll read a text while you're getting it yep. ready. Uh, serious question here, no name on this text. Serious question, since Langer was sacked, has the Australian cricket team got better or worse? If worse, ah. who should now be sacked? Yeah, well, they win home series, but they're troubled on the road again. Yeah, a lot of people have trouble in India, yeah, but a true. poor performance. Score? Two for 40, South Australia, after 21.4 overs. So, yeah, they're on good pace to get a lead here, aren't they, if they continue that on? Oh, a little bit early. Yeah. A little bit early, Roach. Don't go the early, Cray. You're the no. kiss of death. Okay. Just a reminder, coming up. Ryan Burton at 4.30. This is Kimba on the Reach. We're live and interactive. 04-271-54-166. Live across SEN... You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. 
17. Appreciate your company and your thoughts. A lot of text coming through on 0427-154-166. This one says, Roach, how does the number one test bowler in the world not even bowl a ball in the second innings? Yes, the pitch was spin friendly, but what if some states low... What if some stay mm-hmm. low and skidded yeah. in the pads or the stumps? Horrible strategy. Selectors and captain need to answer for this, especially after the first test selection horror. Yeah, I reckon it's You're more right on to the describe selectors. it as a disaster. Yep. It has been a disaster. Uh, Roach, we're going to cross to the Junction Oval in about five minutes over in Melbourne just to get an update on what's happening in that really important Shield game. Your mob, the Power, will be talking to Ryan Burton at 4.30. They play Brisbane... Round one. That's an, an interesting matchup, isn't it? Because we know the Port Adelaide-Brisbane rivalry has been intense for well, a well, long, long time. That I think was it's 2002, intense. three and four with all the draws. Yeah, I think, it was, I think it's been intense ever since. I mean, there have been times when they've both been trying to you know, prove that they were coming back out of dark patches because there was the one, remember, Paul Michael Voss suffered from all the drain there was in Brisbane. Port Adelaide suffered a drain that led to the Matthew Primacy. They've, they've tracked pretty well together. And Question's they had a been, cracking game last year. Oh, that yeah. You lost, was that early in the season? Yeah, and they got all those injuries yep. three-quarter time. And then Very the Alir Alir moment, yep. all that. So if, if you were to talk about rivalries, Port Adelaide-Brisbane's been pretty intense from the beginning. Well, Cam Rayner is a former number one draft pick. This is what he had to say on SEN Mornings about the Lions' expectations for 2023. Yeah, I think, you know, if we don't go into that, if it's this start of this year with having that mindset, um, you know, I, th- I think what's the wrong way to go about it. Um, we've talked about winning finals and, um, you know, we got two really good finals last year under our belt that we won. Um, and that was a step forward for what we did in the last couple of years. So um, our main goal is to win the premiership and there's no beating around that question. That's what we want to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, as I said, we've got the experience again of, of playing finals at MCG last year and, and getting a win against a really quality opposition. Yep. And, um, taking that into this preseason is what we've been able to do and, and really work on that. So I think the one thing that's good for us is we've got two practice matches coming up against the two teams that played in the grand final, which is um, a really good start to the season. And then our first few games are against some quality opposition as well. So um, it's going to be a really good good start for us and, and it'll test us. And, um, you know, hopefully we can carry the form to all the way through to the back end of the year again. So you think you've got the team to do it? I mean, we look at your team on paper, like we said, you don't want for anything. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. The, the team that we've got now is is in great shape and um, we've built that from the last couple of years. And, you know, the list that we've built together and um, the players we've got coming through for the VFL should continue to put pressure on the players in the AFL. And, yep. um, you know, if why not us this year? We really want to go for it. And um, we've had the experience and we've had our lessons over the last couple of years. We just need to make sure that we can turn them into, into good results this year. This is the no excuse year for Brisbane. They can't have anything be said that they're lacking. What are, the, what are they lacking, Kim? Finish six in the minor round. Uh, yeah, but they, 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 they yet to find, they yet to find his position. I know he missed a yeah. year with a knee reconstruction. Played at a high half forward. Has a squirt in the midfield. Now he's uh, gone back. Yeah, looks like he's going to a half back flank. And uh, don't underestimate the influence Jack Gunston is having up yeah. there at the so moment. This is surely the no excuse lines. They have to they have to deliver this well, year. Oh, hang on. If you listen to uh, what was it, Kingy and Kano? Yes. Well, Port have to finish in a grand final or it's a fail. So you say the same about Brisbane. I think Melbourne need to be there as well. And you're riding off Geelong. 
No, I'm it's not. going to be a tight competition. Ruth. Surely, after all Brisbane's been putting together the last four years, the moment is coming now. There's no guarantees. No, there isn't. They're in the window. Mm. All right, we need to go to another break. Then we'll be heading off to the Junction Oval, where South Australia, the Redbacks, are going okay. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. 4.26 on a Monday afternoon. Welcome to a new week. Beautiful day outside in little old Adelaide. It's 33.3 degrees, a ripping day. I'm not sure what the temperature's like in Melbourne at the moment, but I can tell you the Redbacks are taking on Victoria in a crucial Shield match. Victoria sitting in second position on the ladder, South Australia in third position, and uh, covering the game over there at the Junction Oval is Bryce McGain. He joins us now. Hello, Bryce. G'day, Kimbo. And uh, look, it is a... It is a very important game for both teams as they strive for that uh, all-important second spot. WA runaway leaders of the Sheffield Shield at the moment, they're 10 points clear. But there's a whole bunch of teams, five in actual fact, that are fighting for that final spot and they're all within a point or two. Mm. Bryce, before we get uh, an update of what's actually happening out there, um, you have done something that hundreds of thousands of Australians would like to do, and that's represent your Millions. nation at test Millions level. Millions would love to do it. But you are also the member of an ever-growing club, and that's the one test-only club. Is there a club? Our own Callum Ferguson, Fergalicious, he qualifies. Do you guys catch up at all? Well, look, I, I've promoted this quite a bit, and I'd, I'd the 1st of January each year, I'd love to invite everyone over to my place. We can have a barbecue. We'll get Chad Sayers to come over. They can share a bit <laughs> of driving one. across the across the uh, interstate border and come over. And uh, look, there's quite a few um, one-test players, uh, 70 in all. Um, a few of them have passed on, a few a bit older. But uh, more recently, there have been quite a few. Graham Manu, another South Australian. Yes, yes. He, he can join us as well. He can keep uh, the stuff. So we're going to have a great backyard cricket game. Have a barbecue and just catch up and um, I guess reminisce on our uh, one opportunity uh, slipping on the baggy green. We Phil Emery it. might have a bit of a challenge to that one, mightn't he? Who's that? Phil Emery might have a challenge to that one, taking the taking the gloves. One oh, test. we'll let them share the keeping yeah, a bit yeah. like under 12, so they can yeah. do half each. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, we'll get on to the match at hand, but just quickly though, out of the 70, excluding yourself, who do you think was the most unfortunate or Ooh. unlucky? Let's just get a, a second. Because we know Ferg, he, was, uh, he got his opportunity late in life and then was run out by a substitute fielder. Um, who do you reckon was the most unlucky not to have played more test matches? Well, he is pretty stiff. I reckon um, there's a bowler, well, Nicholson, uh, yes. uh, who bowled really well. And boy, at Shield cricket, he was more than a handful. And I know all my Victorian teammates would say, this guy with the new ball's a genius. Then with the old ball, reverse swings it. He, when he plays for Australia, he's going to play for 10 years and be dominant. And he only played one test. And so he was a real handful at, uh, at Shield Cricket. So he's probably one that comes to mind who, you know, uh, other peers had, a, had him in high regard. Uh, great point to discuss. All right, update us, Brycey. What's happening there? The Redbacks looking good? They are looking good. They've knocked over Victoria. Victoria won the toss here at the Junction Oval, batted first. Bit of a green wicket yeah. and a few patchy spots. So, mm. look, it, it was a bold decision to go on bat first, but uh, Victoria have been knocked over in just a, titch, a touch over 50 overs for 169, 
Wes Agar, the wicket taker, the major wicket taker, he took five for his best figures ever against Victoria. His, uh, mm. can we say former state didn't necessarily yeah, yeah. play for Victoria, yeah. but this is his, where he's home and uh, home and growing, I suppose. We had him but on. We had him on last wrong. week, Bryce, and he said he grows an extra leg when he's taking mm. on the Vicks. He's a South Aussie now. I reckon he does. <laughs> hey, Bryce, what yeah. happened? Should... What happened with the wicket keeping duties for South Australia this morning? Well, extraordinary circumstances there. Uh, South Australia were here without a wicketkeeper. Harry Nielsen was uh, crook, ruled out early. So the substitute keeper got thrown on a flight. That's Harry Mateus from mm. Sturt. They said, hey, get over here as quick as you can. Get wow. on the next flight. He did. He had a warm-up at drinks, had a few catches hit to him. Then he was out keeping in his first Shield game. So he'll have a story and a half when you get him at the end of this Shield game. That was he behind I'm sure the stumps. you will get him on. Yep. Uh, very, very good. Took yeah. a catch, took his first catch, and it was an important wicket. Matt Short got 70 off 69 Ooh. balls and was yeah. batting beautifully. Took it up to the stumps. Um, ben Menenti just took the outside edge and he took his first catch. So he's ticked off a lot of boxes here. Not only frequent fly miles uh, yeah. on the morning of your first Shield game, but uh, his first catch as well. He's uh, He'll get an opportunity to bat. I don't know whether that'll be this afternoon. Uh, South Australia currently two down. And uh, runs are hard to come by. Two for 45, and it's Daniel Drew, the hot bat for the South Australians. He's coming off 208, of course, not out. Um, uh, he's on 12, as is Nathan McSweeney on 12. So uh, Jake Carter and uh, Henry Hunt are the two batsmen out. Beautifully done, Bryce. We'll try and organise a reunion of all one test players. We'll get our people to talk to your people on that. We're running late for the 4.30 news. We appreciate your time. No worries at all. Good on you, Kimbo and Roots. Have a ripper afternoon. Thanks, Bryce. Bryce McGain there. He was a ripper as well. Right arm, uh, leg break, and had the googly right-handed yep. batsman as well. All right. Stuart but, Law is in that club. Well, there's Can 70. No, because he played so much one-day cricket. Yep. I thought he'd played more tests. Test. Former captain of Queensland as yep. well, I think, from memory. All right, it's 4.32. We have the news, and then Ryan Burton joins us. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Just after 4.30, Kimbo and The Rooch with you on a Monday afternoon. Glorious day outside. We're live from Studio Lumo SA. If you want to have your say on all matters sport, there's plenty to talk about. Send us a text on 0427154166. Your mob, Rooch, had a hit out on Friday. I'm not sure how much both clubs got out of this these internal trials. Actually, I'm more curious at the moment with Port Adelaide if they've still got a cricket team going and whether they'd like a trip to India. <laughs> well, they might go better, Roach. A uh, little different direction. Let's have a chat to one of their stars. You like it when this man's got the ball in his hands. Absolutely. Ryan Burton joins us. G'day, Ryan. How are you? G'day, guys. I'm going really well, thanks. Uh, how was the trial game? I saw some snippets of it. I heard our good friend Chad Corn said it was damn scrappy. Oh yeah, it was. It was quite windy, and the, it was a cross breeze, so it didn't really help anyone. Um, I hit a few kicks that I thought was going to be pretty good, and it just kept kept going to the left and running out of bounds. So yeah, couldn't couldn't help it too much. But um, yeah, when you when you play yourself, it, mm. it's uh, it's hard because they know exactly mm. what you want to do. You know exactly what they're going to do, and Playing against your mates, it's uh, it's a little bit different, but I didn't I didn't think it was too bad. I thought it was a good hit out. We got no injuries, mm. 
Um, we had four 25-minute quarters, so um, I think I think it was good hit out, and we get to uh, play against a real opposition this week. Now, Ryan, there's a general impression. I think there's even an admission from Port that they got the preseason wrong last year. How different is it this time round? Uh, I haven't noticed too much difference. I mean, every every team says they go to another level every mm-hmm. preseason, and well, we've we've felt that. I've, I'm personally, I've, I feel as fit as I've been, um, and the team team looks really good at the moment. So we've uh, we've sort of tinkered a few things with the game plan, yep. and um, the boys are the boys are fit and firing. So it'd be good to see um, exactly how the the new implements come um, this this Friday. The one thing about preseason is we get to see the new faces of the footy club and what they're going to deliver. Anyone impressing you so far of the new boys? Yeah. I mean, Horn Francis is a, is a ball in the midfield. Um, hard to hard to tackle. I see him. Don't argue a few boys in there. So, yeah. I mean, he his his body hopefully is uh, is sound and um, and he can play a, a strong year for us. And um, yeah, Junior Rioli, some of the stuff he does with the ball is is quite scary. So, um, yeah, he, he he kicked one into the middle of the ground Friday, and a, the bloke who kicked it to didn't even know it was coming. So <laughs> he's what, tricking everyone. What about the draftees? Who's impressing you there? Uh, I work a bit with Tommy McCullum um, down back, staying with Kyle Marshall as a, as a defender, and um, and those boys are they've improved so much just in a few months, and mm. um, yeah, they look look a part of a part of the tra- of training really well, and um, I guess they they play on some quality opposition, so they're learning very quick. I know you can't give trade secrets away, but you say you tinkered with the game plan a little bit. Well, the coaching staff have. Um, what can we expect? What can the supporter base expect? Is it a quicker game style? Is it noticeably different? Yeah, I think it'll be a little bit quicker. Um, you look at our midfield and Connor Rosie, Zach Butters, the weapons that they have in there. I think you'll see them just take the game on a bit more. And, um, and I, yeah, I guess we want to play with a bit more speed and, um, we've got a pretty experienced backline, so um, we think that we can defend well behind um, quick ball movement. So um, I guess we'll we'll get a good test this week to see if it if it holds up. We've had Scotty Lysett as a regular on the show a couple of years ago. He's an absolute ripper, but he's had a horrid run with injury. How did he pull up, and uh, will he be right for round one? Yeah, he trained today, so um, looks like he's pulled up well. Um, yeah, he he played really well on Friday. It was. He was dominating in the ruck, and then he started um, selling candy to everyone, <laughs> trying to kick okay. bananas from the boundary. Yeah. So he was doing everything. So Ryan, you, you call it an experienced back six, and we've all heard the debate over the summer that Port Adelaide missed out on getting another tall defender, and then just who is going to be joining you in that back six or seven? Have, have you got a handle as to what the defensive group is going to look like this year? Well, we we've sort of played with. Seven or eight over the last couple of years, you got mm. um, Aaliyah, Jonas, Cleary, McKenzie. There's there's four quality AFL players mm. that that plays the tools and looks looks like um, at least two or three of them are going to play every week. And then um, Darcy Byrne Jones, Dan Houston, uh, obviously regulars on the half back line, and um, we saw the likes of Jace Burgoyne and, and Kane Farrell and Riley Bonner last year all come in and out. Um, on the wing, half back. So um, I think there's plenty of options for us. Um, so w- I guess we're going to play six quarters on Friday, and everyone's going to play everywhere, and then um, yep. we'll see what the what the real team looks like on uh, on the following week. What about your role, Ryan? Any changes this year? You kicked a few sausage goals last year. Sausage rolls, I should yeah, say. Yeah, tried to <laughs> tried to get on the scoreboard last year, um, which was nice, but. 
I think I'll I'll have a mixture of playing on on a third tall and and on a small dangerous forward. So um, I guess it just depends on on the matchup each week. Um, it, with Jace Bergwijn, he's he's pretty quick and mm. and agile, so he can hopefully help me out on a few of the the smaller quicker guys as well. So um, I guess I'll I'll have to take it week by week. Ryan, what's been the thought bubble on? the question of how Port Adelaide handles those tall, bigger forwards of opposition teams. We saw it became an issue by the end of last year. How have you dealt with that one over the summer? Uh, well, we get decent practice playing on Charlie Dixon and Todd Marshall. They're mm. two of the better key forwards in the comp. So we have, a, we have a fair few training sessions and match play where we have the A-grade backs versus the A-grade forwards and um, Aaliyah and Charlie go at it and um, Tom Jonas and, and Todd and the likes all, all get great matchup practice. So, um, I mean, there's, they're pretty even battles at training, which is which is good for for Charlie and that to to win their fair share of battles. But um, but Alir he, he dominates as he usually does, yeah. and Jonas yeah. is crashing in. So, um, we feel like we're in a pretty good space. Um, we're we're trying to really help each other in the air and, and come across and mm. um, and yeah, I guess help each other um, so we don't have to see one-on-ones everywhere around the ground. We Interesting. Can, we can try yep. get a few two-v-ones. would be yep. nice. You mentioned Charlie Dixon. He caught one in the ribs. Apparently was going to have scans. How's he? Any update? Yeah, I don't think he had a scan. I think he's just a little bit sore. Just a, a knee in the in the ribs probably doesn't feel great. So, especially in the ruck. Probably, it was probably Scotty Lysett. So, um, oh. I'm sure I'm <laughs> sure he's going to be all right. Um, he was just a bit, yeah, still a bit sore today. Another one of the young big boys, Dante Vicentini. We've spoken to him a few times on the show. He's a very quiet young lad. Uh, he went okay. He was good. Yeah, started really well and um, ended up ended up on the uh, on the black team uh, later in the in the game and and played well again. So um, yeah, he can play well as a forward as, and same as a ruck. So we've got we've got so many tall ruckmen and um, I guess versatile ruckmen in the team. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see how we how they go this week. Ryan, how do you feel about the week in Perth? Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, it's going to be a stinking hot week here in Adelaide, yeah. so it might be good to get away. Um, but no, it's going to be another opportunity for connection for us. Um, we get eight days away together. Looks like we're going to play a fair few players on this Friday, so it'll be good to play with, um, I guess, everyone. Um, and then, yeah, spend a week connecting, filling out a bit, um, and then ready to... I guess, a dress rehearsal for round one mm. the following week against Freo. Tell us, did you look at the fixture when it came out and what did you think of it? Oh, I couldn't tell you who we're playing and when we're playing, but um, I know the first couple of rounds and it, it looks like it's going to be a solid start to the year. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're just going to... We'll, we'll focus on, on Brisbane. We haven't haven't beaten them for five years, so um, and we haven't played round one at home for a while, so mm. we're really looking forward to that. And um, Yeah, well, I, guess, I guess we owe Brisbane... Brisbane won, and, and we'd love to start our season off well. Um, obviously, last year we, we didn't get off to the start we wanted, so we'll really focus on that. Is that the norm with you modern footballers? We asked Rory Laird as well what he thought of the first month of footy. He couldn't tell us past the first game. Oh, he said, he, I know we've got a showdown round three. <laughs> well, I didn't even know that, so he's one step ahead of me. Right. You are well, ahead of time. You whether are, whether, whether or not I get Charlie Cameron round one or not. <laughs> uh, you're a very relaxed <laughs> human, you are. Have you found Josh Carr? Had you had anything to do with Josh before? I had about two weeks with him at North Adelaide before I got drafted. So not a heap. Um, obviously, I've got mates that still play at North that um, played in the premiership with him and 
Um, my dad's North Adelaide guy, so I've stayed in contact with, yeah, I guess North Adelaide for, for years now. So I've had a bit to do with Car. He's a, he's a ripping, ripping bloke, um, but he's come in and brought some, some great things to our game style as well. So, um, yeah, I think the mids, the mids all love him, and, um, yeah, he's going to be vital for us going forward. Is it possible to give a split of the communication you have with the coaching panel? Like, how much do you directly have with Kenny as opposed to what you'd have with Josh Carr? And, or are you just purely with the uh, defensive coach? Yeah, we spend a lot of time with Nathan Bassett, who's our defensive coach. Um, we obviously have a line meeting every week, and um, we do individual drills as just as backmen. Um, so we spend a fair bit of time with him. Kenny, he'll, he usually pulls you aside and has a one-on-one chat with you every now and then, or mm. he'll get you into his office for a chat. Um, but Kenny usually addresses the full um, squad every morning before training for, for five minutes, and, and then we get out there. So um, you get a little bit of everyone. Ryan, you know about curse of injury, and thankfully yours has gone by you, thankfully. What about Arazio Fantasia? How is he holding up this summer? Yeah, he's, he's done a fair bit of training. Um, probably not as much as he'd like, but, um, I mean, he played Friday night, and every time he went near the ball, he was he was outstanding. Like, no one could tackle him. Um, used her really well. So um, if he can get on top of his body and, and mm. have a... Um, a I guess, a, a full year, who knows what he can do. He's, a, he's an outstanding player when he's up and running. Your move to Port Adelaide was one of the more brutal or controversial uh, off-season moves. It uh, caught you by shock. You were overseas at the time. How do you reflect on that now? Yeah, at the time, as you said, it was um, a bit of a shock and um, I probably thought it wasn't fair at the time. Mm. But looking back now, it's the, it's the best thing that's happened to me. Um, Port Adelaide's been fantastic and... I feel like my footy's gone to another level here and um, the, the squad that we've had for the last four or five years has been great. A um, couple of preliums and a couple of disappointing years, but um, the, the youth that we've got now, um, I'm now in my eighth year, so I'm mm. getting towards the senior end and I look look below me and the younger guys are just, they're outstanding. So I've hopefully a bright future here and... Um, and hopefully we can uh, get a bit of success. That'd be nice. Well, you're in your sweet spot at the moment at 26 years of age. Uh, any contact still with the Hawthorne boys? Oh, yeah, naturally. A few boys that I was close with still um, stay in contact with. Um, usually talk golf to, to a few <laughs> of them when, when they're coming over, try get try have a round with them sort of thing. But, um, no, nah, once, you, once you leave a footy club, I guess you naturally just speak less to, to everyone and... Mm. Um, but I'll stay in contact with a few of the boys I was close with, for sure. Now, we were talking to your meter man- manager, Daniel Norton, about your good self, and uh, he mentioned the golf. What's the handicap and where do you play? How often do you play? Yeah, I'm at, I'm at Royal Adelaide. Uh, handicap's two at the moment. Oh, uh, wow. So I do enjoy it. Me and I live, I live with Mitch Georgiatis, and he, uh, he can play as well. So um, we try and get out once a week for a round and try and get a few other boys involved, but... The boys love it here. Um, every Monday or after every day off, the boys are always talking on how do we all go. And Ollie Wines is always looking at scores, so he knows exactly how everyone went. Um, so it's it's great to uh, get away from footy for four hours and get frustrated at another sport. Uh, mm. Two questions. What's Mitchie off? And how did you get membership at Royal Adelaide? Mitch, has, <laughs> he's in a purple patch of form at the moment, actually. Uh, he's now off five. So he's starting to starting to catch me, which I'm not liking, but good, good healthy competition. Um, and Royal Adelaide, I guess they decided to let in a few young guys, and 
we managed to, to grab on and um, now we're now we're there for good. So it's uh, <laughs> it's a great course and um, yeah, we're we're really lucky to be able to play that every week. Ryan, before we let you go, tell us why there was no question on Tom Jonas remaining captain. Uh, oh, the way he goes about his football um, is is an obvious choice for for captaincy. He he put his body on the line in every contest and just leads the right way. Um, and then off field, he's a he's a great voice for everyone. Um, knows the balance between being mm. that captain and, and having to be strict on everyone and, and also being a good good bloke to everyone. And um, uh, I think it was a, an obvious choice. Um, so the, the boys will back him in again and um, well supported by the leadership group, same, same as last year. Tom admits his greatest challenge was knowing when to be very assertive and when to be hugging people in the change rooms to give them some encouragement. How has that balance changed with him? Yeah, I think he admitted that... Um, it was something that he probably had to work on early days as a captain, and I think he's got it spot on now. Mm. Uh, you saw the other day he was out fishing with a few boys, and um, the next day he's probably calling everyone in, telling us off for doing something wrong mm-hmm. um, at training. So it, I think he knows the, the balance now, and um, he's just a good person to be around in the change rooms. You don't have to tiptoe around just because he's captain. So mm. um, I, think he, I think he's doing really well. Ryan, we really appreciate your time today. We wish you all the best over in the West. We'll monitor the performances of yourself and the team, and hopefully we can catch up with you right throughout the year. Good luck on the weekend. Thanks, thanks, guys. Ryan Burton there, 26 years of age, Roach, and he is in the sweet spot, isn't he? Handicap of two. That's really good. What would that mean if you were... Um, Professional? Yeah. Well, I was thinking that. And we Handicap didn't, of two. Didn't want to wax lyrical about golf too much, but playing once a week... Yeah. I don't know how much he practices his swing and all the other aspects of the game. But handicap at two on yeah, that. And hitting Monday once a week yep. when you look at professionals. <laughs> and that is hitting a decent ball. And what about Mitch Giorgiardi's off a of five? Interesting. You yes. are hitting a lot of good balls to be that low, Roach. No, no. I used to play only with Darren Cale a lot, who was down on four. Now, if only they could five. get that radar in their goal kicking. Never going to go, Roach. That will always be a problem in our great game, and you know it. 10-14, they added the trial game on Friday. Now, you pointed it out that we're going to be monitoring the Crows and Port Adelaide with their trial games, both in Western Australia. Fremantle will host Adelaide at 6.50 our time on Friday, and you can now see that on KO and Foxtel. Just a little curious how this is going to work, because then West Coast hosts Port Adelaide, at 7.10 our time. It doesn't seem to be enough gap between the Crows game and the Port Adelaide game to get it all on one, but they'll, clearly they'll stream one on KO and one on Foxtel. Yeah, I, imagine. I think that's and how it You'll have works. to just flip-flop between if you want to watch both. And this is where it all starts to get a lot more serious as Absolutely. well. And a little bit different, these trial games, Roach, in terms of the quarters. Well, the Crows one will be seven periods, six of 25, one of 20. The West Coast Port one will be six periods, Four of 28 and two of 20. Which would suggest the full lists almost are going over? They'll give them, yeah, they'll, they'll take the whole lot. It's almost like full training because they've got two games and they play again yep. a week later. So, yeah, take the whole lot over. Footy's nearly back, Rich. Yes. Very excited. Quick text coming through here. Uh, this refers to cricket again. Matt Renshaw is to cricket what Rucci was to hockey. 
bit harsh on both of you, I would dedicated. suggest. Dedicated. Yeah, he's dedicated. Yeah. Well done. Another yeah. one saying, we haven't mentioned Jamie Carr. She had another Group 1 victory. She's clearly yes. South Australia's leading sports personality. And of course, now domiciled in Victoria. And I know where you're going next. And we have to mention Adelaide United after that 4-4 draw at the weekend with Western Sydney. Now there's bad news that Josh Cavallo is not going to play again this year because he's got an Achilles injury. That's a big loss. Massive loss. Did you see Carl Viet when the equaliser went to 4 all? Um, just shouldn't happen. It's the first time, I think, in A-League history there's been a four-all draw. Okay. Pretty and sure. His reaction to conceding the fourth was, yes, it was epic. It was animated. It took it me back to the days dramatic. Of, took me back to the days of Ken Cole when he was courtside coaching the Adelaide 36ers. Is there a more animated coach? I'm thinking of Tony, Tony Jewell pulling out his hair in the MCG coaches box. Remember <laughs> when he did that? He actually did pull out his hair. Yes, and uh, Danny Frawley gave us some great moments as well. Ah, uh, Chris Scott's still got the master of expression, hasn't he, when things go wrong in a coach's box? Yes, he's got he's, a unique little hold yeah. on expressions. And let's not mention Alistair Clarkson punching the MCG press box. Yeah. Uh, sorry, coach's box. And Mickey Moldhouse gave us many, many great moments as well. Ah, uh, there have been some classics. He could absolutely lose it. Indeed. Uh, that's another show done, Rich. We'll be back again tomorrow. Hey, Dermot Brereton will be joining us tomorrow. Fingers crossed. And Jade Sheedy, I think, from Woodville West Torrance. Looking forward to that. Can they rebound? Can they, they need get to. back into They're the They're due, finals? apparently. Oh, they're due. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for your company. We'll do it all again tomorrow. Oh, Ciao.